Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 181 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. The apiaries continue to get their autumn tidy up and I discover that I need to get a grip of my storage challenges before my hives get destroyed by an old adversary. Beekeeping Short and Sweet, a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. I'm delighted to say that our podcast is now sponsored in part by Simon the Beekeeper. Making beekeeping an affordable hobby for everyone, Simon the Beekeeper provides the best value beekeeping equipment possible, along with a super fast delivery service. The bees won't wait, so their customers don't have to either. Visit the website at www.simonthebeekeeper.co.uk. Hi everyone, and welcome to my small but perfectly formed beekeeping podcast. This week, we've continued with settling down colonies for the months ahead and continue to be disrupted by the local fuel shortages. It seems crazy, and I really thought we would have seen an end to the queuing at petrol station forecourts, but but it seems as soon as a tanker arrives to deliver more fuel, queues immediately form and the panic sets in. I've been trying where possible to be as frugal as possible with driving around over this past week, anticipating that the supply lines would ease and life would get back to normal fairly quickly. But it's dragged on to such an extent, it's now started to slow me down in not just getting out to the apiaries, but also restricting my ability to shoot videos at those apiaries. If I'm not there, I can't film. The old Ranger is down to just under a quarter of a tank now, and I really don't want to go chasing tankers and turn into one of those people that I've just been criticising. I'm sure normal service will be resumed in due course, and until then, I'll shoot a couple of videos at the unit to show what a mess it's become. Seriously, I don't know how I manage it sometimes. I am getting rather backed up with empty boxes at the moment, and there'll be more to bring back once I get out to the apiaries and get the remaining empty boxes loaded up and returned to the unit for storage. I don't mind leaving the wooden boxes out in the apiaries, but I do worry about the poly boxes mostly because of rabbits, rats and mice. They seem to take a liking to them over the colder months. And this then is one of my challenges. I need to get all the poly boxes not in use back to the unit and stored safely. We have mice running around at the workshop, so I can't really leave them there. And the only safe place for the kit is currently at the unit. I've even found mice trying to sneak into our garage at home in previous years, so I don't want to risk it there either, not that there's a great deal of space at home anyway. It's a challenge anyone building their beekeeping business will face, unless, of course, you're lucky enough to have heaps of space where you currently live and work maybe at a farm, for instance. I'd love to have access to a few farm buildings, convert them to use for the beekeeping business. Anyway, enough of my daydreams. The focus has to be on protecting the equipment I have, however I can, and we'll keep looking for alternative accommodation, as they say. 
My weather forecasting has once again been terrible. The cooler weather has been pushed away by another warm front and temperatures are set to hit 20 degrees Celsius again over the next few days. The bees have been making the most of it too. The one apiary I did get out to over at the farm, this is the one with the honeypore Langstroth hives, the poly hives. Anyway, here the bees were out on orientation flights, foraging and generally enjoying the warm autumn sunshine, if in fact bees can enjoy themselves. I wasn't surprised at all, and it seems this year the bees have found a decent amount of ivy nectar that has been made available as lots of the colonies were feeling reassuringly weighty. The main aims for the visit were to remove treatments and collect up all the spare equipment that had been stacked on the pallets for removal. We do get green woodpeckers here, not as many as the fishing lakes, but I have heard the familiar cry and seen the flash of green as the woodpecker shyly dashes away from us. They really are quite beautiful birds, if only they didn't cause such damage to our hives occasionally. Talking of the fishing lakes apiary, it's the last site with treatments in, and my target for early next week is to finish off the autumn preparations, treatment removal, feeder checks, and kit removal. Luckily, it's not too far away from home, so I'm hopeful the fuel situation will have finally eased. Always the optimist, of course. It's going to be a full day. We have around 60 colonies set up to overwinter at this location, and I really need to have one last look in a few of them to make sure all is well. I've united several and need to make sure that they're all okay, and we have several piles of boxes to sort through to make sure I know what we have there, and it's also the location of all of our overwintered nucleus colonies the majority of which, I have to say, have now been sold. I'm amazed by how well they've sold this year. We've taken lots of orders with holding deposits, and to be honest, I panicked a little and pulled them off sale. I want to make sure that we have the very best nukes for sale in the spring, and I'd rather be left with a few smaller ones to build up for late spring sales than sell every last one now and find we lose a couple and end up letting people down because we just don't have the stock. I do think we'll be fine. The nukes in the BS Honeybees nuke boxes look in great shape right now and we'll have fondant on them through the winter to ensure that they're at their very best in the spring. I'm actually really quite excited to be able to hand over such strong boxes of bees and see how they perform over the next season. Once I know what remaining stock we have next spring, I'll make it available on the website again, so do keep a lookout for notifications coming out via email and maybe social media. I've actually been a little lax in posting to social media recently. It's one of those things that once you get out of the routine of posting, it seems to slip further and further down the priority list. I'm not totally convinced that people really want to see what I had for breakfast yesterday and all that kind of stuff. Not that I post anything quite like that, but you get my meaning. I think in order of priority, Patreon obviously gets the top spot. Instagram follows on from there. And I guess Facebook and Twitter kind of sit hand in hand <laughs> towards the bottom of the pile. The social media feeds sometimes seem a little like the old daily newspapers, and I never really had time enough to read any of those. Maybe I'll switch to a weekend social media release, something for the weekend maybe. I'd love to know what you all think of the various social media feeds. Are they important to you? Do you really hang on every 
buzz or ping as another notification hits your phone? Or is it an annoyance when you're disturbed by the constant images of how massively successful other beekeepers are and the fact that they never seem to suffer a swarm or dead out? Seems I've hit that nerve of mine again. Let's move on. You really didn't tune in to hear me moaning again. That said, I really threw my toys out of the pram on Wednesday this week. I was actually pretty mad at myself and I wasn't someone to be around for most of the day. Hopefully, in sharing the story with you today, it will help park the incident and let me move on. Otherwise, it's going to reignite the grumpy half of my brain. I have heard it said that more than half of my brain carries the grumpy cells, but we'll leave that for others to judge. So, what got me all wound up and ready for a fight? It was actually my own forgetfulness and incompetence. Again, here's what happened. As I said earlier, there's just not enough space at the unit and I decided enough was enough and I had to get sorted, tidied up, organised and back in control. One thing that happens regularly in the unit is that stuff gets moved around from place to place on a seemingly regular basis. A product of not having a set place to leave things, I guess. Anyway, stuck in the front corner of the unit, as far away from the door as I could possibly get it, was a pallet of Pasta fondant that I'm going to need for the coming weeks and months. So I carried each box out of the corner, made all the more difficult by having tables and boxes and beekeeping kit dumped in front of it. So I'm moving these boxes, getting them repositioned near the door sensibly, and actually I felt quite happy with myself at this point. There was a stack of poly kit that I kept bumping into, so I decided that this would be the next kit to get a move and a new home. I lifted the top box and a powdery dust sprinkled from it down to the floor. Now this was the top box. There were around six boxes all stacked up together of varying types, but all polystyrene. The more experienced of you will no doubt have immediately guessed what's happened and my heart sank. I lifted the next box, more dust and poly beads dropped out. I kept working down the stack, feeling more and more angry and depressed with myself until finally getting to the bottom box. Yep, sure enough, there were around five frames of old comb that was filled with the remnants of comb, honey and brood, all stitched together by a mat of wax moth silks. As I lifted the box, what seemed like a nest of wax moth fell to the floor and started to crawl away from me, trying to find a dark and secure place to pupate. I'd done it again. So by way of explanation to the beginner beekeepers out there, let me go over what had happened. At some point earlier in the season, I brought back a brood box with some frames of foundation in it, but also some frames, maybe four or five, that had contained a fairly large amount of wax comb and stalls, mainly honey, but with some pollen too. This box had obviously also contained some wax moth larvae, and these had grown into adults and reproduced, so that the box was now completely full of wax moth larvae, and these had migrated up into the other boxes to find somewhere safe to pupate and emerge as adults. The upshot of this error on my part was that the wax moth had eaten into the poly boxes, leaving destruction wherever they went. It's probably the single biggest drawback of poly hives. 
wax moth can simply chew into and through the poly material like a knife through butter. There were in fact more holes than polystyrene and more wax moth than I've seen for some considerable time. This is what happens when you forget you have a few frames in a box that wax moth can use and boy they really use it well. I was pretty upset to put it mildly just because of my own forgetfulness and it's cost me dearly. The boxes need to be destroyed so they'll all go to the recycling centre but more than that it's the work that goes into building the kit, making the frames and getting the bees to draw out that wax foundation. It's just painful when something like this happens. The simple fact is wax moth and poly hives just don't mix and left alone you'll end up with a pile of polystyrene dust and a huge community of wax moth. Well, I stomped around for a while being miserable, generally cursing and talking to myself about how useless I am. It wasn't a pretty sight, but although it ruined my day, it did force me to drag everything out, sweep and wash the floor, inspect every last piece of poly kit, including the frames, each individual plastic frame, checked over and boy they have a lot of little crevices too and everything was restacked. Wax moth can seemingly get into the tiniest nook or cranny so you have to spend a stupid amount of time checking and rechecking every crevice and hole. The pallet and all the kit that was infected was put outside condemned and now I have a slightly tidier unit. Things have to change. I can't afford to mess up like this simply because it costs me financially. Luckily, it was only a few bits of kit and not an entire pallet of stock. Now that would have made me cry. Now that we're a couple of days after the event, I've calmed down a little and regained a sense of balance. These things always seem far worse in the immediate aftermath, but I do need to learn from it. No more frames with honey or pollen left in the unit without fail. Hopefully this will be the last time I have to report on a wax moth debacle, but I'm not so sure. Onwards and upwards as they say, no point crying over spilt milk, time waits for no man or woman, let's just park it in the spot called cock-ups and move on. Time now to focus on assessing the season and planning for next year. It's something I recommend to all new beekeepers. Look back at your first season and start the process for planning a successful season next year. Finally, I'd just like to say thank you. Thank you for listening to me have a little bit of a moaning session today. It's not what I like to do, but I just needed to get it off my chest. Well, that's it for this week. I'll catch up with you all again next time. But for now, I'm Stuart Spinks, and that was Beekeeping Short and Sweet. Sweet.